0: It shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me someday to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. And certainly we shall see those very words of the hymn tonight as we study. Because the Bible is emphatic that those who do not persevere to the end are not saved. They're lost. Because the Bible guarantees us with the word of God, and these two things, let us always remember, perseverance of the saints and preservation of the saints go together. You cannot separate them. And we want to turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Tonight, this will be our text verse, and as always, we'll be referring to other verses of the Bible. But the Bible declares in God's word, and and I am uh, of this belief as well, the Lord having taught it, that there is a perseverance or a continuing in God's people. It is a characteristic of God's people. And those who do not have a continuance in the word of God or in the faith The Bible declares that they are lost. Now, I cannot see a man's heart. And I cannot see very much of anything. But the Bible says that those who are saved will persevere to the end. There may be times in their lives, there may be years of unfaithfulness to God. But they will persevere. And certainly we'll draw examples of that. In the scriptures. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9, again we're studying our article of faith, Perseverance of the Saints. Hebrews 6 and verse 9. He says here, But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Now Paul tells us here in this verse of verse 9, That there are things that accompany salvation. There are things that come with it. And we've studied them. We've studied the things that come with salvation. Remember when we noted justification by faith. That was salvation. That was an aspect of it. But Paul says there are things that accompany it. That come with it. And we preach the message after that. Justification by works. Works accompany salvation not only this but we find that uh, progressive sanctification remember we said sanctification is when God takes you out of the kingdom of darkness and plants you in the kingdom of light he sanctifies you he sets you apart That's salvation now what does accompany that Progressive sanctification. That's where we grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord. That's where we say, you know what? I'm not a pig. I'm a saint. I'm not supposed to wallow in the mire. I'm supposed to be set upon the rock. And So we live our lives on the rock. Not only does this accompany salvation, but we have noted in our last two articles of faith That there is a Christian walk. And there are also good works. And I failed to bring this out, but it is good works, plural, not singular. Works. Salvation, the salvation that God gives is a salvation that works. It does things. And tonight we notice that something that comes with salvation or that accompanies it, is perseverance. Now I want to quote our articles of faith, and they say this: and that there, that is, and that the saints' persevering attachment to Christ is the grand mark that distinguishes them from superficial. Professors. Now, a superficial professor is just like Jesus said the Pharisees were. He said, you're clean on the outside, but you're a dead man inside. He said, you're a whited sepulcher. You have dead man's bones within you. Disease. He said, that's what the Pharisees were. They professed that they were saved, but it was only on the surface. It was superficial. This Uh, Note, as we said, our articles of faith state that this persevering to Christ is the grand mark. Lost people persevere in sin. And the word perseverance simply means to continue in. Those who are saved continue in Christ. It's our grand mark. Remember in Revelation, we've noted that during the tribulation period, the 144,000 Jews will have the mark of God on their foreheads. He's going to mark them with their name. You know what our mark is? It's that we continue in Christ. That's our grand mark. And those who don't, the Bible says, they're lost. Now I want you to know, and before we begin to judge other people, as I've already stated, you can have years of unfaithfulness to God and still be His. We don't all persevere our whole life. Every one of us has fallen into a backslidden condition probably more than once. Perhaps we may be in one tonight. The Lord knows. Again, I want to tell you I've been reading a, a, a book. It's a commentary. It's an allegory. It's a story that this man wrote called Pilgrim's Progress. And a young man by the name of Christian He lives in a city called the City of Destruction. And he reads in the book, which is uh, teaching about the Bible, that the city will one day be destroyed. So he begins to go on a journey, because there's a far kingdom that he wants to enter into where there is eternal life. And he goes on this journey, and people from his fellow city, they accompany him, and some of them persuade him to go back, but one goes with him, and his name is Pliable, and that means easily persuaded and when this man pliable he said unto Christian he said boy it sure looks good everything you're telling me about this kingdom it sure is wonderful eternal life blessings beyond our wildest imaginations and they were conversing and they came to a place called the the sloth excuse me the sloth of despair and pliable turned back. Because he couldn't walk through waist-deep mud. It was too difficult. It was too hard. He would not continue or persevere to get to the other side. He was lost. He was a superficial professor. When it came time to buckle down, so to speak, he tucked tail and ran. And the story is that the allegory of this man is that there are many who continue with us for a season. And when the season changes and things become difficult, they go back home. Now look at the scriptures with us. Again, there are things that accompany salvation. Look over to Ephesians. Our first point this evening is, what is perseverance? And again, we have already said that it means to continue in. And those who are saved continue in Christ and not in sin. We continue in the Lord. The book of Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 through 18. The Bible here is referring to our spiritual armor. The Bible refers to God's people in several instances as soldiers. And Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 3 to endure hardness as a good soldier. He said, endure it. He said, continue in the fight, even though there is hardness. Look here in Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the devices of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, or to persevere in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore... and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now I want to look at these verses here in Ephesians chapter 6. Again, these things accompany salvation. When God saves you, we now have access to his armor. And we ought to take it and put it on daily because we have a fight against the world, against the flesh, and against the devil. And no man, no woman, no child of God can withstand the enemy or continue, except they do it in the power of the Lord. Now look here. First of all, he says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You try, as, this, as we spoke about the sloth of des- uh, despair, or you come to any problems in your life where there are spiritual problems, you try to take that on with your own power and your own might, you'll fail. But if we take it on in the power of the Lord, and in prayer, we will persevere and continue. It will not be easy, but we will continue. We will not fall off, as many do. Verse 11. Verse He says, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You want to know why many people are easily deceived? It's because they don't have the armor of God on. Their minds are not guarded with the helmet of salvation, and so they are easily persuaded away. Their hearts are not guarded with the breastplate of righteousness, and so the devil enters in. And he has them to covet after earthly and carnal things. In verse 12, we'll not read that again. He talks about who our enemy is. In verse 13, he says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. I remember my father preached a message. He said, And having done all to stand, stand some more. The battle is not over. When Jesus was hung upon the cross, he did not cry out, take me down from here, it is too much. No, he hung on the cross until he said, it is finished. Jesus persevered to the end. And so will his saints. Again, this is the grand mark of the people of God. Note verse 16. Above all, most importantly, if you would, Paul says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Paul didn't say, "Oh, you'll catch one or two, and three or four might slip through the shield." No, he said, the shield of faith; it will, uh, as he says here, quench all of the fiery darts. You know what a a, a fire is? It's put out by water. It's like we say, quench your thirst, you drink water. All the things that the wicked uh, uh, assault God's people with, the shield of faith will quench them. It'll put them out, every one of them. When they'll say, well, what about this? And they'll ask you about some scripture. Or they'll they'll call you and they'll question you and say, well, you did this in your life. I probably did. I probably did worse than that. That they don't even know about. But the shield of faith. Will quench all their assaults. And then he says in verse 17 and 18. Take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer. And supplication of the spirit. And watching there unto. With all perseverance. And supplication Uh, For all saints, he says, You'll watch, you'll be on guard, and you'll continue in the faith. That's what Paul speaks of here. We have sung hymns onward, Christian soldier, loyalty to Christ, the banner of the cross, all hymns that speak and teach us that we are soldiers, and soldiers never retreat. They follow the captain of their salvation, who is Jesus, and he has never sounded the bugle of retreat. It's always forward, forward, forward. That's all Christ has ever told us. Sometimes he says, stand still, but he never says, turn back. You notice here, and you read through this, there's not a single, and I'm sure you're aware of this. I'm sure it's been brought out to you. I'm sure the Spirit has brought it to your attention. There's not a single thing guarding the backside of the children of God. Why? Because we never are supposed to turn and run. It's always head forward. Always following the Lord, because Jesus is already out in front of us. Look over, if you would, in Philippians chapter 3. What is Perseverance. It's enduring hardness. It's continuing. Though the world assaults us, though uh, uh, church members, though family, though friends, though people we don't even know, though they assault us, we persevere in the truth because it is the truth. That ought to be the mind we have. People say, well, what about so-and-so? I have to do what the Bible says. I can't take into account what other people want. Here in Philippians, Paul speaks of finishing a course. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 7, I have fought a fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Here in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now note, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul pressed on. He said, there's nothing that I can do about the days past and gone. And there's nothing. There's not a thing that you and I can do. There's not a thing that I can do about sins I've committed, about my unfaithfulness, except to ask the Lord and the church that I was sinned against at the time of it to forgive me and learn from that lesson and press on. That's all you can do with things in the past. A lot of people say, well, I don't need to ask for forgiveness. So I'll just go ahead and go on. You'll never leave that spot until you first seek forgiveness. For those you wronged. People say I don't need to do that. All I need to do is is ask God to forgive. Well if you sin against the Lord and his church. You need to ask the church to forgive you. Now the Bible tells us that Paul is referring to his life. He said I press on. Or I have finished my course. He says I have finished the ordained works that God commanded. And before prepared for me to do. Well I'd like to do that. I'd like to fill up my cup. I'd like to have everything done. And the Lord calls me home. Paul said in verse 13. Brethren I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'll tell you this. We'll never persevere in the Lord. Until we first forget the world. Remember what Jesus said? No man can serve two masters, for either he will love the one and hate the other or he will uh, hate the one and love the other. Man cannot serve God and mammon, and mammon stands for money, but it also stands for everything in the world. Jesus said those that love the world are not of me. We cannot remember We cannot look behind us to the world. When God has sanctified us, set us apart in the kingdom of darkness, or into the kingdom of light, rather, how dare we look back into the kingdom of darkness? Remember Israel in the wilderness? One of their sins they murmured against God, and this was, I believe it was before, it may have been after, I'd have to check the chronologicalness of it, but... They, they said, here we are in the wilderness and we're going to die. Oh, we wish for the onions and the leeks and the garlics of Egypt. How dare they look back? How dare they look back and wish? They said, well, at least in Egypt we could make bricks. Here we are in the wilderness. There's nothing for us to do. How dare God's people look behind them? Remember what happened to Lot's wife. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. She looked back. She coveted after Sodom and Gomorrah. And she turned to a pillar of salt. Whether or not that's a tiny pillar or like a statue-like pillar, I do not know. But she turned to a pillar of salt. She looked back. And you know, I believe, I I can't say for certain, but the Bible says that there is a sin unto death. And it may be looking back too many times for some people. God may say, you look back again and I'm going to take you home. And he'll judge them. And they'll be short of their works, of their persevering. God will judge them for it. He'll shorten days for people. And he already knows that. Don't discount that God doesn't know that. But I tell you what, we are responsible. Furthermore, if you look in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Here you find this, uh, Jesus speaks this very thing. And I I don't know much about this uh, from experience. But he says here, and Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And the reason I said I don't know much about that, I didn't do a whole lot of farming. But I can imagine you don't plow a field looking behind you. Straight ahead. And that's what Jesus says. You're not fit for my kingdom if you keep looking back where I saved you from. That's not perseverance. Perseverance is continuing on ahead. And that's what the children of God do. Now secondly, and yes, we're only on point two. Secondly, look if you would in the book of Genesis, chapter six. This is an ancient belief. Perseverance of the saints. Here we find it brought to life in the days of Noah. You're familiar with Noah. We read some regarding him this Sunday in our scripture reading. But note Genesis 6 and verse 3. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Now remember that, a hundred and twenty years, and look over to verse 13 And 14 of this same chapter. And God said unto Noah. Now remember that. God told him. He commanded him. The end of all flesh is come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark. And shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And I'll not read any more. But he gives the characteristics of the ark. But what I want you to notice, God commanded Noah. And Noah didn't build a half of ark, and 60 years into it say, Well, I'm done. It hasn't rained. No, he preached. The Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness, and he preached righteousness for 120 years. He persevered. Boy, I tell you, I believe it. The Bible doesn't tell us, but you can imagine no doubt that they mocked him. And ridiculed him. You know, because he he spent his own money probably building the ark. And I'm sure God provided him the money for that purpose. No, it didn't say, well, I've got all this money, I can build a house. No, it was for the work of the Lord. And he took it and he persevered and he finished the ark. And you know the story, him and his children... His wife and his children's wives, they entered into the ark, and God shut them in. And it flooded. But you see, Noah persevered. He continued in the work that God called him to. Secondly, if you look in the book of Acts, and I want to read several scriptures. The first church at Jerusalem and the church at Antioch, their missionaries, persevered in the work, Acts 2 chapter 4, if you would. Acts chapter 4 and verse 17 down through verse 20. Again, we've seen the church persecuted. We've seen them in hardships, within and without. And here in verse 17 of Acts 4, but that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them And commanded them not to speak at all. Nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now note verse 19. Here is the perseverance. But Peter and John answered and said unto them. Whether it be right in the sight of God. To hearken unto you more than unto God. Judge ye. For we cannot but speak. The things which we have seen. And heard. They persevered. No judge of this earth. Was going to tell them whether they could preach or not. Acts chapter 5 and verse 27, 28 and 29. Note here, when they had brought them, verse 27, when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Look over to Acts chapter 14. And there are several examples. This will be our final. That the Lord's church persevered. Here is Paul. Acts chapter 14. And note, if you would, verse 19 through verse 22. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium. Now Paul is at Lystra. And these Jews persuaded the people. And having stoned Paul drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many They returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. You see, Paul himself was a living example of perseverance. Do you take note of that? That in verse 19 he was stoned at Lystra. He didn't go back to Antioch and say, I'm done. Send somebody else. No, he preached. He went to Derby. And then he returned to Lystra. He went back to the same city where they stoned him and left him for dead. And he told them, you continue in the faith. And if you know what the faith is, it means the whole system, the whole body of doctrine and beliefs. It means the Bible is what it means. As I believe You can't contend for the whole counsel of God unless you're in his church. Because how in the world can you be in a universal, invisible church and contend for the whole counsel of God, which teaches a visible, local body of Christ? It's impossible. That's another subject. This is an ancient belief. You know, Jesus continued. He persevered. At the age of 12, he said... It's recorded in Luke two, verse four nine. He said, "I must be about my father's business." He continued, though the Bible says in John one and verse eleven, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. I've been shoved off at of doorsteps. I've had people tell me they didn't want to talk to me. I've had people refused to talk to me. My own grandfather, I remember hearing on tape, his own sister threw him out of her house. Because he wanted to tell them about the Lord. I remember hearing on a tape, he said he went to one door. And he couldn't understand when they wouldn't hear him. He said, I just didn't understand why they didn't want to hear the good news. And he was so discouraged. And his pastor was across the street. And he met him. He said, they don't want to hear it. Because why don't they want to hear it? He said, well, you go on to the next one. He was in there for two hours telling them about the Lord Jesus Christ. If this one won't hear us, we go and tell the next one. We persevere. And God will take care of it. But my point is is that Jesus continued to the end. He finished his course. He said this. It is finished. And the only one who can tell us when it's finished is God. And God tells us that we continue in the faith until he calls us home. That's when we can end. I want to note some things in the scriptures. We're in the book of Acts, and you can stay right there in verse 22. Perseverance is required by God. Note verse 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue or persevere in the faith. Now note, and that we must through, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. There will be tribulation. If you don't have any tribulation in your life, and I'm talking about spiritual tribulation in your life, you may want to get a spiritual checkup. Paul said it must happen. I want to quote some here. I don't have them uh, uh, memorized, but I want to read some to you. In... Matthew 10 and verse 22, it says, He that endureth to the end shall be saved. To endure is to persevere. It is to continue. Those who leave off early, the Lord knows their hearts. And he knows whether or not they're even saved. It amazes me, people want to rely upon election, predestination to save them. But they have no perseverance. These are all connected. Look over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And notice what verses 13, 14, and 15. We preach six messages from these three passages of scriptures. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you. Brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation, through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, period. That's the end of the sentence. Now know what Paul says in verse 15. Therefore, because he chose you, therefore, because he sanctified you, Therefore, because you believe, therefore, because he called you by the gospel, therefore, brethren, stand fast or persevere and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Election, irresistible calling, and perseverance of the saints are all connected. Those who have not been called cannot persevere. Those who have not been chosen cannot persevere. Those who do not persevere manifest that they were not chosen or called. I want to look at two, and and I want to go over this because we've stated it, and it is of utter importance. Look to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. The perseverance of a backslider. Again, as I said, people can go into years of unfaithfulness. People can go into, they can be disciplined from a church. That doesn't mean they're lost. It just means they're not uh, adhering to what God said in his word regarding church membership. It doesn't mean they're lost. It simply means that they're not doing what the Lord told them to. They're unfaithful. At that time, they are not persevering. But it doesn't mean that before the Lord takes them, doesn't mean that God didn't save them. Maybe they will persevere. God be pleased to get a hold of them. But Luke chapter 15, I'll not read the entire uh, uh, parable regarding the prodigal son. You know the story. He said, Father, give me my stuff. He went into a far country and he wasted it with riotous living. Verse 17. Well, let's back up into verse 15. When he, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain to fill his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But he, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it And let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now I believe this uh, parable. It teaches both salvation. As well as the backslider. But my point is this. That this young man did not persevere. In a number of days. Or perhaps even years in his life. But God brought him to it. And before he left. This poor and miserable word, he got right with his father. The Bible says that this is a characteristic of those who are saved. I want to recall your minds will not turn to the scriptures, but you remember Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey, and they took with them John Mark and he left them. And then the second missionary journey, Paul said, let's go and visit the brethren. And Barnabas wanted to take him. And Paul said, no, he left us before. And there was such great contention that they split. And Paul went with Silas and Barnabas took John Mark. Well, in 2 Timothy, we'll not turn there, chapter 4 and verse 11. Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, bring with you John. Referring to John Mark, or bring with you Mark, referring to John Mark, for he is profitable Unto me. 2 <coughs> Timothy was written in the latter days of Paul's life. So between when John Mark forsook Paul and the latter end of Paul's life, he had gotten right with Paul and with the Lord and was now profitable. He persevered in the end, he continued in the Word of God. Look over, if you would, to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And note, if you would, verse 18 and 19. This verse we are about to read, I believe primarily it deals with doctrine. But in it we see as well those who do not persevere because they are lost. In 1 John 2, verse 18 and 19, little children... It is the last time. And as ye have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. I believe primarily verse 19 deals with doctrinal things. But there are a lot of people, and and in churches of the Lord, they'll leave because they do not agree with the doctrines of the church. But we also see that there are some. And down through the very few years of my ministry, I have seen people leave. And you know, it's hard to believe they were even saved. And to my knowledge, they have yet to return and get things right with the Lord. Not the church, but the Lord. They went out from us that they might manifest that they were not all of us. Many folks have us fooled. They appear to be saved, They're very religious. I've heard of several preachers who, after they've pastored churches, they came before the church and said that they weren't even saved and they knew the Bible up and down. And the Lord saved them. And they had to be scripturally baptized. And they said that they felt the Lord still had called them into the ministry. And they had to be ordained all over again. But we see that we can often be fooled. My father said this. God's people have stick They stick to it. They continue in the things of God. I want to read, if you'll permit me, to read this. This is from the Philadelphia Confession of Faith, several hundred years ago. It says, Those whom God hath accepted in the Beloved, effectually called and sanctified by His Spirit, and given the precious faith of His elect, can neither totally nor finally fall from the state of grace, but shall certainly Persevere therein to the end and be eternally saved. One cannot be eternally saved if they do not persevere. One cannot persevere if they have not been called, if they have not been chosen. They all go together. And if there is an absence of one, there is an absence of all. So I declare those who do not persevere in the faith or continue in the faith... They have never been in the state of grace. That's on the authority of God's word. God tells us how we can judge, how we can see things. But also remember that the Lord said, let the wheat and the tares grow up together. He said, for a while you pull up the tares, you also root out the wheat. He said, you let them grow up. God will judge who's saved and who's not. Now, we do have a certain amount of judgment God has commanded us to do and take care of. And we do it. But in closing this evening, I appreciate each one's attention. I am desirous to finish my course. Not simply to, so I can say, oh, I persevered, but to be pleasing unto God. I am greatly desiring to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. To hear those words will make everything worth it all. Again, as we sang in the hymn and we got into the chorus, it said, I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it someday for a crown. Those who don't cling won't have anything to exchange. We must persevere. We must persevere. May God help us to do so. If you haven't, if you've been, and, and I'm sure we're all guilty. Ask God to forgive you. Ask God for grace and strength that you may continue in the things of the Lord. It is absolutely, as John said, for we are in the last days, in the days of the Antichrist. His spirit seems to be more stronger than it ever was. His spirit is rampant throughout the world. But always remember the Lord's in control. So therefore, let us continue in the faith. They cannot touch us. The world, the flesh, and the devil, they are as the fiery furnace that the three Hebrew children were in. It cannot touch us. The world, the flesh, and the devil are as the lions that God shut the mouths to when Daniel was cast in the dead. So persevere. Well, i tell you, again, that book I was reading, Christian, he walked, and he saw two lions, and he walked down a narrow way. And the two lions... They would come at him, if I recall correctly, but they were chained and their mouths could only get to right here. They couldn't touch him as long as he stayed on the narrow way. That's persevering. A lot of people say, oh, I'm persevering. You only persevere on the narrow way, it's very small, it's very thin. People say, oh, I'm persevering. They're as backslidden as they can get, they don't have a clue. And a lot of them are blind and they're being led by the blind and they're in the ditch. So may God help us that we'll continue in the faith. We want to stand and be dismissed in prayer tonight. And be in prayer for one another. Be in prayer for the lost that God will save them. Be in prayer for the saved that we'll persevere. And be in prayer for the backslid that the Lord might restore us. And then we'll continue to persevere. What a terrible thing. To be saved. What if the Lord takes you home? When you're in a backslidden condition and you meet the Lord in that way. Well I tell you what disappointment that will be. We certainly don't want to be involved in that. So let's remember those things. We want to ask if Brother Gail would lead us. And then if Brother Jeff would close in prayer, remember the sick. Brother Gail, if you'll lead us please.
1: Lord, we we pray for the sick ones as well, Uh, Sister Dorothy and Brother Chip, and and, uh, those that are are sick outside this church, Lord, um, and other uh, churches, Brother David and his his wife, Sister Betty, and and Brother Keith, Lord, we know that he's on his uh, last breath. you on our secular duties that we might return this Sunday and, and uh, again worship you in spirit and truth Lord, uh, be with each and every one as they leave here in Jesus name we pray amen our most gracious heavenly father we do thank you for allowing us to be here this evening to hear that word please go with those members that are sick brother Chip and brother Dorothy please go with any who do not be here that you may bring them back Sunday so they can hear thy word and worship you again and please forgive us for all of our sins these things we ask in Jesus name.
0: Amen. Amen.